Welcome to the Geek Freaks Podcast. Before we get started, make sure to hit the subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, and all other platforms you may be tuning in from. In the spirit of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, we have split the first three episodes for the month of October into a three-part series. Last week, I, as well as our project leads, Nick and Tony, discussed how cyber attackers are accessing our data, and now we're moving on to the what's. Here is the third part of our cybersecurity series, What Should I? What You Should Do to Fight Back Against Cyber Attackers. So, let's talk about the fun part. Fighting back. Doing what we can to stop this from being bad for us. Give me your top couple things that we can do off the top of your heads. I have a list. I'm sure you guys do too, but. I think the number one thing is just making sure your passwords are very secure. So you're not using simple phrases or, you know, the typical password as a password. All dogs go to lunch. (laughs) Something like that, right? Yep. That's how it goes. Well, or like uh, anything that's related to like, uh, what time of year it is and what year it is. Like you don't know how many time I've seen those password words spring 2018 capital S yeah, man. or that's my go-to. <laughs> so it's like, we're getting into fall 2020 right now. Ex- exactly. It's, it's, it's like, it's not that hard of a password when you think about it. Cause it's like, okay, it's a time frame thing. And it's like, Oh, it's fall 2019. I wonder if that's the password right now. I see a lot of things like password one, six months Ooh. later or three months later, password two. Well, what was three. what was the list recently? What was the number one? Was it password one two three with a capital P? Oh, probably. Let me look that up. Um, so my list is education, right? To train the users what to yep. look for and what not to do. Uh, proper firewall protection with IPS. So something that's gonna do a little bit more than just passing traffic. N- a next gen antivirus, right? So we know that traditional antivirus is still good and it still does its job, but there's the EDRs and stuff. Stuff the applications and the antivirus that will actually hunt for the threats instead of just letting them launch and do their thing. Uh, local backups on-prem and remote, so making sure you're safe. Um, two-form factor authentication, I think, goes a long way for uh, login. For, like It's protecting our bottoms on logins all the time. And then rights and passwords are on my list. So what do we need rights to? What do we actually need rights to? Versus like, hey, you're an admin, do whatever you need to do. Because it doesn't make sense anymore. doesn't. Well, and that's also a layer, when you think about it, it's a layer of protection because if you clicked on something and it's only supposed to be a Word document, all of a sudden it pops up saying, hey, this wants to install. You need to give me credentials so I can install. You're like, oh, that's definitely not what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and it's, it's, I don't know. It's And then what happens? You click it again. Well, I mean, not if the user's been properly trained because then they're going, oh, I don't have credentials to do that. I didn't know, no, I get it, but most, problem, yeah, most part of the people, but you don't click that again, I don't I'm know. I'm just going to keep clicking until this gets installed. <laughs> I mean, there is Click, that. click, click, click. But uh, I, I looked like it up click. last year, 2018, the number one worst password was one, two, three, four, five, six. Shouldn't be allowed ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so let's first, I go, we'll go down my list. Do you, does anybody else have anything to add to that list of five, six things? Education, networking equipment, passwords. Keep up with updates. 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 Updates every Tuesday, right? Every Tuesday. Okay. So, phishing. How do we battle phishing, boys, girls, everybody? Trying to be inclusive. Even right. though it's three guys at a... 
Oh yeah, there's people listening that may be <laughs> ladies. Uh, that one is is that that one I'd squarely put under training because when you think about it, the fishing, it's it's you're never gonna 100% get them with um, any kind of spam filter because they're constantly changing them to try to weed them out. So you're always gonna have some get through. So I think your bigger way to stop that is training. Yeah, and I, I put buy uh, training through a partner provider or something like that, like know before or uh, fish box or any fishing st- simulations that you can do because the more they know, the better they're going to off. They're going to be off. We get a lot of customers that get emails from the CEO at like, you know, it'd be Ron Harris and my email address is big pimp daddy 12 at yahoo.com. And that's not my email address. It'd be, it'd be awesome if it was, but it's not. But you just see an outlook. You see it says Ron Harris. And yep. you're like, oh, this is Ron Harris. What's going on? And I'm like, hey, give me those scratchies, baby. Well, the worst thing is, is when you think about it, the mobile version, like on your phone, Outlook doesn't even show you or give you the ability to look at, at email the email address. It's it only the, the display name. Yeah. Really? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm finna check right now. Unless they've updated that. The last time I checked, that was all you could see. You really couldn't see the email uh, address. Oh, no, you can, you can see the email address now. Oh, okay. They must With have the changed that. Version, you can. Um, yeah, but some of them, I know Apple, you can't outlook. So we are all big outlook people here, but outlook now you can do that. And I think even if you send quarterly emails to your staff, that's like a free option. Maybe you can't afford the training, but just to be like, Hey, be on the, you know, be on the lookout. There's certain websites. I can't list them off the top of my head that say like, Hey, this FedEx fishing thing's going on. So prepare your staff. Cause like Christmas time, uh, holiday time, anything like that, you get those, your FedEx package was delivered. Click here. That's a, that's a form of phishing. Yeah. And, or your paper, here's your PayPal receipt. Log in to look at it. That's phishing. And I think if you just train people to look at for the, the websites, which are all very convincing and the emails, which can be very convincing, you just need to kind of give people exposure to it in a, in a non-threatening fashion. I mean, the other part of that is it could just say, Hey, I've got coupons for X, Y, Z, come click on it, you know? And you know, there's people that do it, especially around Christmas time. Cause they're like, Ooh, I could save some money. Hell yeah. Everybody wants to save a little bit, bit of money. So like the, the, the five things that uh, to look for for like spoofing or, you know, I guess warnings, the emails sent from someone inside the organization or from a customer vendor or partner, which is very unusual or out of character, right? So me, yeah. Ron Harris saying, I need, Tony, I need some scratchers, go to the store. I mean, you'd probably do it because I do wild things, but I, you shouldn't. I would more than likely double check with you first. And that's yeah, I think that, that like, would warrant a phone call. Yeah. Like, what, what's up, like, bud? Ron, Receive an email with a hyperlink that is misspelling of a known website. Well, because, again, if it's me, I misspell things all the time. You guys are going to be like, oh, yeah, he wants to go to the factbook.org. Maybe. Probably not. I wouldn't spell it that bad. <laughs> well, uh, so even some of the links that you see, then some of those, like, phishing emails you're talking about, they are really close to the original. They're only usually off, like, some of the ones I've seen, they're only off by, like, one letter. Oh, I know. It's super And then you got to really read closely or even you're like, oh, yeah, that looks legit. But the sh- part is is people don't know how to hover over it to see where the link's going before yeah. they click on it right yeah. so they're clicking on it. they're on they're on the adventure baby bill yeah, and well it says it's click here to log in yep. yeah behind that is actual web address where it's you know we going them directly to and we going there's nothing you yeah. can't go you're going now the trip started the car's going down the road Once you go you go yeah, there's no, going there's no back. brakes on this baby that's right did i receive an email that normally get during work hours but it was sent at an unusual time right 
I typically, I don't anymore, but I used to send, I used to do a lot of work at night and you guys would all get emails. So it's not out of the ordinary for me, Yeah. but like other people are probably not getting emails from their bosses at two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, I'm trying not to do it anymore either way. Um, is the sender asking me to click on a link to open an attachment to avoid a negative consequence or to gain something of value? So that goes back to your coupons. Yep. You want some coupons? Yes, I do. Click on this. Oh, damn it. I got got. I don't have a business relationship nor past communication with the sender. So that's something to be mindful of too. Like, do I know this person? Because some people are just like, hell yeah, coupons, baby. I don't know who Victor Brom is, but he sent me some coupons and I'm going to get them. So be aware of urgency. Check for spelling errors. Consider the salutation. Like a lot of phishing emails are like Sir Ron Harris. Like I'm not a sir anywhere. Or Dr. Ron Harris. That'd be cool, but I'm not. Uh, Don't trust the display name. Look at the actual email address. If it does seem shady, make sure you check that. Uh, don't believe everything you see. That goes back to the coupons. Check the email signature, that kind of stuff. Anything to add about phishing? Not that I can think of. No. And then what happens if you get one? Let your provider know so they can block it. Immediately. Yep. Don't click on the links. So there's ongoing education wrapped around this, right? So there's no before, which we use is great. We've been testing a couple customers every month. Uh, and they're getting better. We've seen a huge improvement on that. Then there's the fish line from Barracuda, which we haven't used. And then there's like fishing box, which is free. Duo has a free fishing test you can do. So there's all kinds of things for people to do. Um, but I think it's important that they do test people. We did a test a long time ago about Slack. Remember that? And you guys clicked on it? Yeah, yeah, now I do remember scared that. To yep. get, e- get emails from me? It's not good. Not good. I do send out real emails. <laughs> uh, what else? Physical threats. So the edge, the perimeter of your network. The firewall that's out there. I put a picture of a Linksys, and I said, if you have this, you need to go back to the store and buy a real firewall. Um, well, preferably not one off a Best Buy shelf. Preferably. Well, I get that. And it will work in a jam it, and a pinch. It will in a jam, but, like, they're not as, like, thorough as something like we use, like the Meraki, which has the intrusion detection prevention and the... The alerts basically when it detects that somebody has gotten in. So you want something that goes a little bit deeper. Oh yeah, a thorough, more thorough drab on the traffic, and that's I think if you're an SMB owner or a decision maker or somebody that can influence that, spend money on the perimeter, on the firewall, on the access points, something that you can manage and see traffic on. And don't leave the guest network as no password, please. That still happens. Oh, yeah, that still happens. Is, does ours have a password? Oh, yes, it does. You hear that? We're secure. It probably goes right to our server, though. So It does not. <laughs> I have that blocked. Thank you very much. Well, that's the other thing, too. People don't know if you don't Oh, I know, I know. They'll, they'll stand the up another Wi-Fi thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the guest network. Guess. And, yeah, it, they can't access Exactly. Everything. I used to give the some of the old guys that worked your shit because they'd always be like, we have to block all the ports on the firewall or on the switch. So they terminate all the switches. We did it for one customer, and then a guy went there, and he couldn't get it, couldn't get it to work, couldn't figure out why. Yeah, it's because we were super secure on the switch, right? Yeah. But then it brings up a better point, like you said the other day, like you could literally go into a lobby someplace with a Cat Five Gordon plug in and be yeah. part of their network. Some guy did that, and he was he was uh, test hacking these people. He was doing what uh, No Before does, right? So he went in the lobby, plugged into an Ethernet port. Which gained access to the entire network. To me, it's kind of wild. Why, why do you have Ethernet ports in your lobby? That that doesn't. I mean, make it could have been. Sense. You know, it's not really a lobby. They just call it a lobby. Yeah, just, I guess. Could have been where they were going to put the 
uh, printer or something. Receptionist desk or anything. Yeah. They moved it around. Right. Um, so but the other, the other, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but, you know, with that kind of thing, it's, it's, those should be unplugged then. If you know nobody should really be at those locations, your best thing is just to unplug them. Yeah, but the, the other easier part, too, is like, well, I'll light them all up, baby, in case we're going to use them. Because yeah. nobody wants that call. Like, this port's oh, yeah. broken. You're like, oh, let me go run out a three-foot patch cord to you. So, again, yeah, you're right. Yes, 100%. But what always gets in the way of security is laziness. Laziness, right? You don't yeah. want to be inconvenienced. You don't want to do that because then I got to run back over there. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, the other thing, too, and I, it's wild to think this, but antivirus, right, is still a hot topic on the streets. Everybody needs it. Everybody wants it. Windows Defender is the has been scoring super high on um, antivirus charts, like even the independent ones. And I was like, I can't figure out why. So then I asked some people, and it's because it sees the most action. Yeah, because nobody installs one anymore. They're just like, oh, Microsoft's got me. I should be fine. And the only problem for us, like, you can't control it, right? Nope. So we have we can't do anything with it. Can't it just, manage it, no. So like the traditional ones, the Semantics, the McAfee, the ESETs, the WebRoots, the Trend Micro. Like two of the vendors that I just listed were hacked on, on their in their own networks uh, six months ago, so they're kind of useless. But we're we used to have them, you know what I mean? We we did Symantec for about four weeks, and then we had to change it all. Well, and and the market's also changing because like when you think about it, and antivirus is kind of on its way out because it's the whole idea of why not catch it before it runs instead of catching it and cleaning it up after the damage has been done. Well, you guys did a lot of. Uh, I think the past two or three years, you guys did a lot of research on antivirus when we were looking for alternatives to our solution. And the traditional antivirus is just that. Like, go ahead and run. Oh, you're doing bad. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Where now the the scheme of it is, is like, oh, you're, you are going to do bad. So I'm not even going to let you run. So you're not running. Yeah, it's proactive. Yep. Which is crazy to me. It's more expensive. Like we, we spend through our nose for it, but it also has saved our. A lot. I mean, oh, yeah. granted, Sentinel One will kill the machine off the network if it it's if it's bad enough. It sees an anomaly that's yep. that screwed us on the time before. But you know, Carbon Black, Silence, Sentinel One, all those new advanced EDRs, I think, are going to be the way of the future. And I'm I'm very happy with the product itself that we have right now. Oh yeah, this is not a Sentinel One commercial, but <laughs> very happy with it. Well, not only that, but it kind of gives you because. I mean, going back to like you were saying about people just click until it runs. You don't know how many times Sentinel One alerts have come in one right after the other because whoever is you know, oh, it didn't run that time. Let me uh, let me try again. Try it again. Let me let me try it again. All gas, no brakes, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's the shitty part of humans is that's how we are. Yeah, but that's why we need a product like that to like basically help ourselves, like stop ourselves, like because without that, I mean, it would just be the whole scenario of yeah, it ran. And it did bad things. Dude, we, I think that should be tattooed on every person is all gas, no brakes. Think about like back in the day when you'd go to the printer and there'd be a whole ream of paper. Pr- oh man, Luis, you got to edit this. A uh, whole ream of paper on top of the printer because this, and they printed the same thing 19 times because they're like, it's not printing. It's not printing. It's not printing. It's not printing. And then it prints a billion times. Well, or it's the scenario, well, it didn't print, so I'm going to call the provider and the provider fix it, but they never change, They never stopped the job, so all those jobs are sitting there queued up, ready waiting to, to go. Ready to rip it. Yep. So now that we, we're, we're, covering, we're covering the edge with the firewall, we're educating our users on the inside, I guess we have to talk about our existing data, right? Because that's important that always gets overlooked, and we obviously care about it as providers, 
And I would imagine if you went to a potential customer, if I sat down with a potential customer and was like, hey, you have two terabytes of data and in one click, that can all be gone. And everything you've worked for the last 30 years is never recoverable. They'd be like, oh, that sucks. Like, that's bad. But people don't think like that until it's too late. Right. Yep. So does anybody besides me want to talk about backups? Because I have a list of backups, but I'm sure you guys have lists and stuff that you would like to bring to the table. Okay. I'm into backups. So, all right. Kind of the best practices backup daily, right? Um, 60 days of backups available, whether on-prem or in the cloud. Get the data offsite. I think that's the most overlooked thing. Oh, yeah. That is to remove it from the building. I mean, how many times have we gone in to talk to somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, we got these tape backups that, you know, I occationally take home with me. Well, when's the last time you took it home? Oh, three, oh, maybe six months ago. Oh, yeah, and it goes back to when's the last time you tested those restores? I mean, we've had issues where we've had old backups that we needed to restore and we they work, but they don't work so good. I mean, you know what I mean? You got to put in a little extra effort to kick the tires a little bit, light the fires. Yeah. But we have to do it. It has to be in a mindset of like, okay, we got to fire this up. We got to do this. You know, it's, I know that our application does it pretty much automatically, so we don't have to worry about it, but there's a lot of people that still use windows backup. And there's a lot of people that still use some of these free things. And I don't think they're doing it as much. And I don't think they have an offsite. They don't want to incur that $6 a month cost to get your data offsite. It's worth it. A hundred percent. It's worth it to get it. I don't care if it's six bucks, 250 bucks, a million dollars, a million dollars, a little aggressive, but just get it off site. And then I think the other thing that people don't, and we kind of took our lumps on this is to, is to have a restoration plan, right? When we had a customer that we've only had one customer that ever got in trouble with ransomware to an extent, right? Outside of the computer. And we didn't have a restoration plan for them. We knew that we had to restore their stuff. We knew we had to restore it, but in what order did we do it? We did it in what makes most sense to what we thought the business needed, right? Accounting, CAD, whatever, whatever, so on and so forth, when mm-hmm. it was actually opposite to them. And we learned and we did it and we have a restoration plan and all that other fun stuff. But I don't think people are testing it, know what they need to back up, know how they're going to back it up. In the event of emergency, where they're going to back it up? Because if their server's on fire, they don't really have another backup server. So are they going to spin it up in the cloud or are they just going to be like, well, that we got to get a new server and then we can restore it? There's a lot of things to think about when it comes to your data and that people just don't think about. Well, yeah, because like going off that, like it's easy to set up a backup, but do you know how to restore the backup? Do you have extra equipment? Do you have anybody trained that can do this for you? Because sometimes restoring is kind of tricky. Well, I think that's half the battle, yep. right? Let's uh, think about some of the free uh, stuff. Jeez, Luis, you're going to have to be beeping a lot. Of I stuff like up. how you come in at this point. I've been just thinking in my head how many times um, you've done that. And it's at this point that you're starting to be so conscious of it. They, um, so think of like carbonite, right? You can back your pants up. You could do go crazy. It will oh, do yeah. it all. But to restore it, it comes down at like 10 kilobytes a second. Well, and it's also, that's one that it's all restricted by your internet. So if you have really crummy internet, um, it could take you three, four weeks to get one valid backup because you have so much data and your upload speed is so low, it takes forever. Yeah, and I don't, I, it's crazy to think. Yeah. It's crazy. There's still places that have terrible internet. Yeah, a lot of places. Yeah. Um, so yeah, backup, always backup, keep as much as you can. 
Know what you're going to restore when it hits. Because it's not if it's going to hit, it's going to hit, and you just got to figure out how you're going to manage that, right? How are you going to manage that chaos? And then having um, either a partner like us or another provider that you can work through that with. And then the other thing that's kind of hot in the streets is two-form factor authentication. We just kind of turned it on for everything. I think I have, I was going to count this. I have, I have nine of our applications turned on with two-form factor. Let's see how many I have. That's just through work, all right? I don't want to, I don't want to dog myself out. I was going to say, I have seven because it's like this plus the Microsoft Authenticator that I have to use. So oh, I didn't seven. even count that. Yeah, I got eight. Got to beat by one, Nick. Well, I don't know which Are one you guys you using got. So, like, oh, so no, seven, two no. form factor, uh, Authy, free? Uh, yeah, free. Authy's free. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing about it over, like a lot of people think, okay, I got to do the Google one. The, the downside of the Google one is it doesn't back anything up. So if your phone fries or gets wet or because like not every phone is waterproof yet. So if it gets wet, it gets broken, it gets stolen, you don't, like, recovering those accounts is a pain in the butt. And I don't really want this to turn into an Authy ad, but Authy gives you the ability to back up all of that authentication information. So as soon as you get that new phone, log into your account, and there's all your authenticators again. Okay, but what if Authy gets hacked? Yeah. That's a double-edged sword right there. Yeah, well, I don't think that's as big of a deal unless they get source their source code of the algorithms because it, th- those are rolling codes. So unless they can actually get the actual algorithm that each one of your accounts is running, it's not that big of a deal. Where, like, if they get the, okay, they've got, what was it, like 30 seconds before it renews? Oh, I don't know, yeah, maybe. Something like that. So it's like, okay, they'd get that one, and they'd have to know your exact password at that moment to then do seconds. it. Yeah, so unless they actually get the algorithm, I don't see it being a problem, which I guess that would be what they would be targeting, so I guess that would be the problem. I love it. It's a pain in our ass, and I know that you guys hated when we went to it, but, like, logging into the computer and have to be able to say, yep, that's me logging into the computer. Oh, I didn't even count that one. Yeah, we've got that one, too. So, what was that, nine that's for eight. me, then? Oh, I got the, I got, I got to do the Google Authenticator, so it's nine for me. Well, you guys are monsters, but... That goes uh, that goes to my same question too about I shouldn't have yawned. Um, like password keepers, right? Those are all stored in the cloud. If thems goes down, like every every time you save your password in your browser and you sync it. Ooh, that's not a good way because that's not really encrypted. So Correct. That's, that's what scares me too. Yeah, the amount of people that just save it in Google, that's not really the best way to do it because so, it's not encrypted. So another way is when you get these applications, you got that two form factor. Boom, you got to enter your six digits. Boom, you're in. And nobody can get in even if they got your password without your six digits, your six digits. Yep. So two-form factor, check it out. Hot girl in the street, hot girl summer, two-form factor summer. That's all I got. And uh, users' rights and passwords. So back in the day, circa 1999, you always gave everybody admin rights pretty much, right, to their PCs. It was just something we did, just something we did. And that doesn't have to happen anymore. The only reason that had to happen was because of programs bad programs Louise. um and i don't think that is necessarily a thing anymore i mean we still see it with some of our older programs but i think for the most part you really don't need to be admin to run stuff uh to run it no but some you know any updates or anything like that which i know some of our clients get annoyed with every time they have an update to something that they've got to call us but it's like hey the other side of this is this is protecting you from accidentally running something that you shouldn't again it goes back to the inconvenience of having to pick up the phone call and complaining about it but we're trying to save our bacon and your bacon in the event of bacon being cooked Stolen, I think, but Bacon's yeah. being stolen. 
Um, burnt. Oh, burnt bacon's go. the worst. Oh, my goodness. All right. So my rundown for passwords is strong passwords, symbols, capital letters, numbers, complexity, right? Yep. Longer the better. Not probably feasible for some people. Don't make it dictionary words either. Yeah. My password's 11 characters long. That's pretty good. Symbols, letters, numbers. Unhackable. Uh, it's Blueberry 42. I was going to say, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'd say unhackable because, you know, I'm sure they could eventually figure it out if they had enough time. Avoid using the same password on multiple websites. Because that scares the beans out of me too. Because my Gmail password I used to use for everything. So if Gmail then gets if they burned, get that one, yeah, they get everything. Because all they have to do is like hit the big stuff. Well, what if it's like a super secure password though? It's not a dictionary word. It's all characters. Yeah, but if they get burned, they still got it, right? Yeah, and then all they have to know is what you use. So if they know you use like Facebook, LinkedIn, they know what your bank account is, like or like what bank you use, which. You know, it's usually the big boys, so they could just take that password and use it everywhere once they have it. So even if it's a, uh, I'd say even like a 15 character, like just randomly generated, yeah, it's going to take them forever to get it. But once they've got it, they've got everything. So that's the problem with that. And that's, that's kind of nice when you use something like LastPass that you, you can have it generate and store all your passwords in, which is encrypted. Um, because then every time you go somewhere, you can tell it to generate it and it stores it all. And then there's like one master password that you have to basically make it real difficult, um, to then store. Cause that, that, that's the big, that's the big caveat right there that if you, you go through and you're like, yeah, I randomly generated all my passwords, but my master password's real simple. Uh Oh, and then the other thing too, is never use this. I, I know this is like best case or whatever, whatever it's called. What's it called? Best practice. Best practice. Boom. I was going to say best case scenario. Never use your work passwords or your home pass for your home passwords and vice versa. Right. So if my Gmail gets hacked, it doesn't put in jeopardy my Office 365 or AD account. Right. I think people get in the same habit of being like, well, this is my password. This is the one password I use for everything. Blueberry 42 exclamation point is my password for my bank, my home, my computer login, my work login. My Facebook profile, my... My life. Yes, my OkCupid password, my FarmersMeetOnly.com password. Like, it's the same password for everything. And that's... Don't do that. That's not a smart move. So, and stop writing down your passwords. Oh, you don't know how many times I've seen that on somebody's desk. I bet if you... Even our current customers, if you go and flip over keyboards, you're going to find passwords. Oh, yeah. I know certain ones. Or the other one that irritates me are the ones that share passwords. Ooh, that's not good. That's nasty. Oh, I know. And nasty. trust me, there's several of our clients that do that, and I cringe every time and I tell them not to do it, but they still do it. So then to kind of go backwards on user rights too, I think the, the bigger thing to keep in 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 mind is if your computer can see it and you get ransomware, the ransomware can see it. So if you have access to shares to write Correct. into shares or program files, then I'm sorry, baby, it's all over. Which well, here's the th- caveat to that. If you're using a program, say, like uh, Windows Backup to back up your server, and you don't have an off-site copy, I believe ransomware can actually encrypt that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's a Veeam. Anybody encrypt can back up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. And then, you then what are you going to do when... Straight to the network and encrypt it. Yep. We got, we got backups, boss. Oh, <laughs> those are encrypted. We're closing the doors, boss. Which, that's that's kind of like, that's the, the encryption command, which I don't... 
I'm going to have to look it up. I feel like they've changed, but I know at one time the encryption information that they used, like, because we use Synology for the, the on-site backups to store everything. And at the time, Synology didn't recognize that command. So even if you sent it to it, it wouldn't encrypt anything because it didn't understand the encryption command that they were sending. Got it. Um, which I don't, the part I, I don't think Synology has changed at all that they would, you know, accept the old command. It's, it's whether um, they have become wise to that and have added an extra command that would then cause a Synology to do it. But um, that is one nice thing to have, like, it to be a different kind of setup instead of just like a, a hard drive that's plugged into the server that you just run Windows backup on. That's scary to think. Like, yep. oh, sorry, your backups are got encrypted. So I guess to does anything you guys got anything to add before we wrap it up? Because I wanted to kind of hit the hot hot topics one more time to give everybody a little takeaway. Nope. Silence crickets. I don't have a cricket button. <laughs> nope, that's a scary button. <laughs> so kind of the, the best practices, make sure you're up on your education and you're educating your staff, right? Is you're 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 doing the no befores, you're you're saying, hey. If you get a weird email, come see me before you execute on that weird email. Don't click on every ad you see. Not everybody's trying to sell you a dope pair of Keds or Air Force Ones or Jordans, whatever the case is. And just being aware, aware of what you're doing. If you're at a trade show and you're grabbing the USB, maybe format it in some form or fashion before you actually jump into it and start executing the files on it. Um, You know, just being aware of your, your surroundings and what you're doing with it and be smart about your passwords. Be smart about what your what links you're clicking on. Hover over the hyperlink before you click it. That will Definitely. give you a little bit of a preview. Um, backups. Keep them off the network if possible. Make sure they're happening at some form or fashion of a pattern. 30 to 60 days, get them off site. Um, rights. You don't need rights to everything because if you have rights to it, the bad guys and the viruses have rights to it. So be mindful of that and check that sometimes. I think it'd be smart to audit some of that stuff too, but harder to do. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, did I miss anything? Voice? Not that I can think of. You keep looking at that notepad like there's something good on it and I'm <laughs> waiting for that nugget to come out. Keep your up, or equipment upgraded. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's, a, I mean. Just because a firewall is good that first time that, you know, five years ago doesn't mean it's still good. I, yeah. True. I don't know if. Maybe that's, longer than that. That's another heart. That's another conversation, right? Is people make that emotional investment into that $1,200 firewall. Like our firewalls go from anywhere between $800 and $4,000. Like yeah. they're expensive, but oh, they're yeah. expensive because they They get stop. constant updates and they have all the fancy features. Yeah. Which that's that's part of it. It's A, updating it, and B, being aware of when it is hit end of life. Yeah. Because even our, you know, there's some Maraki equipment we have back there that, you know, it's basically end of life. So that's why we've pulled it because it's no longer going to be supported. Don't be afraid to spend the money on it. Correct. I think that's a, the number one thing is spend the money on the things that matter, whether it's a good backup, good firewall, good antivirus. Spend the money because well, three it, bucks here is ransomware for $6,000 or whatever it is. Well, I was going to use the Baltimore one, but yeah. like 16 million. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, okay, to like protect themselves, theoretically, say it costs them $300,000. That's still a heck of a lot cheaper than what their ransomware bill was. Yeah, no, I don't. I agree. And I think people need, you, we need to pay more attention to it as a business owner, as a business, you need to pay more attention to your security, whether it's a physical threat, whether it's a computer, whatever the case is, you got to pay attention to it because it's now something because we're under attack every day and they happen, unfortunately on a daily basis. So 
I appreciate it, boys. Thanks for your feedback. Uh, if you, you know, have any questions for me, I'm sure I can answer them. You guys have no? Okay, no questions? Cool. Oh, I, think I didn't know I was gonna, how, how I wanted to wrap that up, but it wasn't with questions. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure to check out the next episode or the next release and subscribe on Spotify and Google and all the other platforms that you listen on. Um, Luis is hiding behind the camera, and I got to go. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. A little late on that, Tony. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>